Welcome to Queer Spirituality, the podcast. I'm your host, Julian Crossenhill. This podcast is about an idea. It's the radical idea that queerness is a gift and that the divine celebrates it rather than merely accepts it. We'll explore the special role that queer people are meant to play in the coming spiritual awakening. Through the lives and stories of queer people, we'll explore the many ways of approaching the divine and how the sacred reveals itself in everyday actions. Most of all, this is a podcast about love. It's about the love of the universe. It's about love between people. And it's about the love a community can share with one another. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the first episode of Queer Spirituality, the podcast. I'm Julian Crossenhill, and in this episode, I thought I'd explore briefly what is spirit, queer spirituality. When we're talking about queer spirituality on this podcast, you know, what, are, what is it that we're talking about? How do we identify it? And why is it important? So I think really at its core, queer spirituality is how queer people envision and connect and relate with a higher power. So queer identity is really a modern idea. It's a modern construct. You know, there's been queer people throughout history and we know a great deal about some of these people, but they weren't really identified as queer. It wasn't really named. There was no label around that, but there were spiritual practices of various groups that involved men behaving in more effeminate ways, dressing like women, doing different things that today we would probably call queer. So obviously, queer people have been here forever. We've been around for a long time. We've been part of human history since, you know, as as far back as ancient Mesopotamia in the Sumerian culture. So it's pretty clear that there's no one queer spirituality path. There's a lot of different approaches that people take to connecting with and knowing their higher power. So how do we identify queer spirituality? What do we actually consider queer spirituality? So other than how queer people relate to to a higher power, because I think there's really more to it than just that. And obviously, my background is in neo-paganism and Wicca. So a lot of what I know about is how different queer groups in those traditions have approached goddess and God and come to that work. But there's a lot of other things too. You know, I, I taught a workshop in, at Pantheacon a number of years ago in which we talked about the goddess and God dichotomy in neo-paganism and that a lot of Queer people don't relate to that duality of goddess and God. So there are different groups that have adopted two gods or two goddesses or even a non-gendered deity or non-gendered divine spirit, if you will. 
So I think, though, that when we talk about queer spirituality, in, in particular, when we talk about a, a healthy approach to queer spirituality, I think that there's certain hallmarks that sort of identify, yeah, this is an authentic queer spirituality that is going to support and enhance the lives of queer people. Because it's really what spirituality is there to do. It's to enhance our lives, to bring greater fulfillment, to bring a sense of purpose, to bring a sense of belonging, a sense of being special. And I think that queer people today need that even more. We've really seen a lot of objectification in hookup culture and through hookup applications and the and the rise of the internet, people are no longer really viewing each other as people, more as, you know, faces behind screens. And so with that, um, there's a lot of objectivity. And I think that this spirituality piece really brings back that, like, I'm seen, I'm known, and I'm special, which I think is really important to have in, in our lives. So what are the hallmarks of queer spirituality? So first of all, I think that queer spirituality celebrates queerness. And, you know, that, that seems like a no-brainer, but think about it. You know, do you want to be part of a spiritual path where your queerness is accepted or tolerated? Or do you want to be part of a spiritual path where it's celebrated and it's seen as special? And that's very different. And so I think that this, the queer, that's a hallmark of what I consider a, a healthy queer spirituality is one that celebrates queerness, one in which the divine sees queerness and that it's not something that is accepted or tolerated or judged or looked down upon. Now, I want to sort of, you know, I think probably a lot of people are immediately thinking about Christianity and whether Christianity could be a queer spirituality, because a lot of queer people have suffered tremendously at the hands of different spiritual paths, with Christianity being one of them. And there have been a lot of misguided people who have really used spirituality as sort of a club to, to beat queer people with. And um, Christianity, you know, I just want to note that Jesus never talked about queer people. Jesus never said anything about queer people. The Bible has very little to say about queerness. It's that our organized religion in a lot of forms today has decided to sort of fill in the blanks for themselves according to their own agendas. And so many Christian paths today, I don't feel would qualify as a queer spirituality, but that's not to say that there, that Christianity across the board can't be queer spirituality because there are groups um, that do follow the teachings of Jesus and are really adhering more closely to the original teachings of Jesus, which were about love and acceptance. And I think in those cases, those absolutely could be a queer spirituality. So I think another hallmark of queer spirituality, thinking about, you know, how, how do we really notice these spiritual paths that are authentically queer spiritual paths, is that they view queerness as special. And what I mean by that is, first of all, just, you know, thinking about the position that most queer people are in, we're, you know, we're sort of outsiders, we're different, 
we know from an early age that we're not like everybody else. And so there's two ways that that can really go. There can, it can kind of be a little bit of shame and guilt and why aren't I, why don't I fit in? Why aren't I like everyone else? Or we can view that as a specialness, as something special and unique and, and wonderful. And I think that the best, some of the best queer spiritual paths take that approach to viewing it as this special thing, this special, maybe even that there's a special mission. And I know um, Toby Johnson, in some of his books on, like, for instance, gay perspective, you know, Toby's comes from a Buddhist sort of mindset. But one of the things he really points out is the very deep compassion that many gay men have and the fact that they often work in nurturing or helping roles and serve in that way. And, you know, we had some had some conversations with Toby Johnson one of the years that he was our keynote speaker at, at Between the Worlds. And we really talked about this idea about compassion in particular being a special spiritual gift to queer people. And that that compassion kind of gives us this sole mission to really be in those helper roles, to be nurturing and supporting and role modeling what it means to be compassionate and loving to the rest of the human collective. So I think that other spiritual paths have a similar sort of view that they really view this as some sort of special, that there's some sort of special spiritual soul level mission that queer people have and that we've received certain gifts in order to complete that mission. And of course, for those of you who follow my other podcast, you know I work with people in answering their unique calling and in responding to their soul mission. So this particular idea of queerness as being something special and queer people having a very special soul level mission to play in the spiritual evolution and awakening of the human race really resonates with me on a deep level. So I think that that's a very important aspect of queer spirituality, that there needs to be something in that spiritual path that sort of says, hey, this is why you're different. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think another part of another hallmark of a healthy spiritual outlook for queer people is the spiritual path to be really needs to be sex positive. And what I mean by that is if you think about a lot of traditional spiritual paths that queer people have grown up in, you know, there's been this idea that, well, we can accept you in the church as long as you're not actually having sex because that's an abomination and we can't accept that. Or you need to be, you know, celibate for the rest of your life because the only way, the only spiritually sanctioned way to have sex is with a member of the opposite sex. And so queer spirituality, however, recognizes that human beings are also sexual beings and that sexuality is a healthy and wonderful thing that that every human needs to experience in their lives in their own way. And so queer spirituality, a hallmark of it is that it is sex positive, that it views the entire person and that sex is part of that. Now, obviously, sex has been cheapened a little bit in the queer community with the rise of, of hookup apps and all of these things. And I don't think that 
Necess- casual sex or even promiscuity is necessarily bad or unspiritual, but I think objectification it certainly is. So, you know, how can we approach sex as a sacred act once again and really find the beauty and the connection in that moment, whether there's going to be many of those moments with that person in the future or whether this is the only moment that you're going to share with that person. How can we make that moment sacred? And that's really, for me, what is one of the underpinnings of queer spirituality is that there is that sex positivity, but there's also that idea of how does spirituality make those shared moments sacred in a very special way, whether there's one or many of them. I think another hallmark of queer spirituality is that really queer spirituality enables queer people, LGBTQ plus people, all different varieties and configurations and and colors and shapes and ages of us to see ourselves reflected in the divine. So, And this is kind of something that has really, really came up for me or resonated with me when I gave some workshops at Pantheacon and people asked about, like, you know, said, well, I don't really relate to this idea of gender deity or of it being a goddess and a god, because I can't really relate to that for as from my life experience. And so what was happening in that in that situation is that those people were not seeing themselves reflect in the divine. You know, if you're a non-binary person you're very unlikely to see yourself fully reflected in a gendered or in a gendered in a gendered version of the divine in a goddess or a god that has a very distinct gender and certain gender type roles in their mythos and so queer spirituality is really about seeing our own reflection in the divine seeing our own reflection in god and so i think that you know Queerness is a modern construct. People didn't really call themselves queer a hundred years ago. They didn't really identify as gay or as lesbian or definitely not as non-binary, right? That's a fairly new thing. And so I think that we need to, as queer people, be a little more creative in perhaps either re-envisioning some of the spiritual paths that have been around and that we have explored and, and followed in our lives, or even create new ones out of whole cloth. And this isn't isn't a new idea. I mean, you know, Gerald Gardner didn't really find an ancient religion that had been practicing underground for thousands of years. He made it up. Um, and I know that that's a little controversial to a lot of Wiccans, but really, if we look at Gerald Gardner's work and, the, and just really research what was happening there, It was a new creation that came out of that. Now, there may have been some previous ideas that it was based on, for sure. But to say that there was this unbroken tradition going back hundreds or even thousands of years is just simply not true. So, but because, but that doesn't make what Gardner did any less valid. He was truly inspired by the divine and came up with a new path for connecting with, relating to, and and having a relationship with divinity. And that's a wonderful thing. And so queer people can do the same now in our modern times so that our spiritual paths can more reflect who we are and who we see ourselves as. We can create visions and role models of divinity and, and mythos and stories that allow us to see ourselves reflected in the divine. 
Another hallmark of queer spirituality is, in addition to being sex sex positive, it also needs to reveal the sacredness of an everyday life. So, you know, there's been a lot written in probably the last 20 or 30 years about finding sacredness in everyday life, in everyday actions. There was the, the book, Chop Wood, Carry Water, all of these things about sort of taking this sacredness to the way that we work and the way that we be in the world. And I think that that's definitely something that queer spirituality can bring to our lives as queer people as well. There are a lot of us who haven't had the greatest interactions within our own community because we feel judged by the fact that by our age, by our body type, by our race, by how masculine we appear, all of these different things that we judge and divide ourselves on, what if instead we brought sacredness into our everyday life and viewed each other as sacred beings as well? What what kind of shift would that be in our community and how much more united would we be in that as well? So I think that bringing the sacred into everyday life is a really critical part of queer spirituality and especially I think that some people, there's a tendency in, or or a pressure, I should even say, for modern queer people to compartmentalize their lives, to, you know, act straight at work and then be themselves when they're at home and sort of compartmentalize their lives. Likewise, I think that spiritual people sometimes compartmentalize it. It becomes something that they do on certain days or that they do during their meditation in the morning, and then they forget about it. And so really, this finding the sacred in everyday life actions is about taking our queerness and our spirituality and weaving them into the fabric of our entire lives. And I think that when we do that, we're more integrated and we find more fulfillment in life. And then finally, I think a big hallmark of queer spirituality and something that, and really the reason that I want to talk about queer spirituality and why I think this is so important is I think it brings out the highest and the best in us. Um, Spirituality, when we are really genuinely looking to experience and embody the love of the universe and that connection with divinity, we are operating at our highest vibration. We are channeling and embodying that love of the universe. And when we're doing that, it's we're not going to be sitting in judgment of other people based on their body type or their age or any other characteristic because we're embodying the love of the universe. And I think that when we are doing that, it brings out the highest and best and most authentic in us. And just as a result, I think that if more of us were doing that, we would create communities that were really supportive and loving and caring. And we would start to see more of that of that hallmark compassion that Toby Johnson talks about in his books. We'd see more of that love um, in, in the in the in our communities. And it would and it would re, you know, for me, it sort of takes me back to when I came out in the late 80s. And you know, I hung out with a group of friends that were part of the art school at University of New Mexico. And a number of them were quite a bit older than me. Some of them were graduate students. But it was the height of the AIDS crisis. And there was a lot of fear and a lot of trauma and a lot of loss in the community. But there was also a lot of love, a lot of caring, 
and a lot of support. People took the time to say a kind word, to encourage each other. You know, it wasn't this sort of being bitchy to each other for the sake of being bitchy. It was really about how can I build up this other person? You know, what are they going through right now? Who might they have lost? How can I help? How can I, how can I support each other? And I think that my memory of that community was, you know, of, I have very fond memories of that time and I have very fond memories of the people that I knew then. And I think that we can get back to that, but we've got to really start embodying that idea of love and that highest vibration. Okay, so I've covered quite a bit here um, in a short time. So basically, what is queer spirituality? Queer spirituality is the, in its essence, is how queer people envision, connect with, and relate to their higher power. And while there's no one queer spirituality path, you know, there's not like we're all going to convert to queer spirituality and all go our happy same direction, um, there are certain hallmarks that we can kind of look at to identify authentic, healthy queer spirituality. And that those for me are that they celebrate queerness as special. They see queerness as having queer people as having a special soul level mission to accomplish in the world and a contribution to make. They're sex positive. They allow queer people to see themselves reflected in the divine. They reveal the sacredness in everyday life and they bring out the highest vibration in us and enable us to embody the love of the universe. So that is basically what I wanted to cover today. But before I sign off, I wanted to extend to you two very special invitations. First of all, there is a Facebook group for queer spirituality. You can find the link on the, in the podcast description for each episode. You can find it on the homepage at www.queerspirituality.net. Um, or you can just go to Queer Spirituality's Facebook page and find the link. I'd love to see you join the group and let's continue the discussion about what queer spirituality means to us. What, what are those hallmarks? Where are we finding them? Where are we not finding them? How can we do better? How can we be better? So, you know, please want to invite you to join that group and continue the discussion over there. And also I want to invite you to Wild Spirit Festival. Wild Spirit Festival is an event I am planning um, and are involved in. It is roughly a neo-pagan festival, although there are many other paths represented as well. So it's a spiritual festival being held in southeastern Ohio in September. And I would love to see a large queer community represented at the festival. And if we have enough interest, you know, definitely open to creating some very special programming on queer spirituality. We can have a panel discussion. So you can learn more about Wild Spirit Festival and register for that event at wildspiritfestival.com. That's wildspiritfestival.com. And early registration closes May 1st. So definitely want to register while early registration is open. And I hope that I will see you there. So that's it for the first episode. Bright blessings.
can find my blog and past episodes of this podcast at www.queerspirituality.net. That's www.queerspirituality.net. Let me know what you think on Instagram at queer underscore spirituality or continue the discussion with like-minded people in the Queer Spirituality Facebook group. You can find it linked from the Queer Spirituality Facebook page or on the homepage of the Queer Spirituality website. Bright blessings.